Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Hello, my name is Tharwit Lovett, and I want to welcome you all to the Shifter Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. You are in for a treat. We have a very special guest. The Shifter Podcast is a place where we can all come together to share with one another the stories of women just like you. As a life coach, I have been blessed to play a small role in the life and stories of many people. What I have learned is that everyone has a story. The women that have found the courage, strength, and power within themselves to share these stories with others do more than find healing for themselves. They also validate, encourage, and facilitate healing in others. Shifter is a place where we celebrate, collaborate, and validate the women in our lives. And without further ado, let me introduce you to our very special guest today. Mickey Rose is a professional tarot reader and teacher. She is a Reiki master teacher. She has been officially teaching for five years, but something inside of me tells me that she's probably been teaching for much longer than that. Three years of her healing service journey began with a metaphysical shop that she owned with her mother in Hot Springs, Arkansas. In her past life within this life, she found success as a recruiter and human resources professional in the corporate world. She worked corporate in Dallas, Texas, and Los Angeles, California. She learned how to value relationships with people through her work, but could not learn to love or accept the greed, corruption, and deceit she found in the corporate world. Through her awakening, she realized she no longer had a place in that reality and made the conscious decision to surrender to her path of being a healer. Her journey has been an emotional and turbulent one from the start. It has taught her to find purpose and gratitude in all the walks of her life. She is drawn to assisting those on their personal mission of achieving their power and truth through self-discovery. She has always been fascinated by psychology and the mind's behavior, as well as how it syncs with emotions. Everyone has a story that is unique and original. She enjoys observing people's growth and is honored when she is invited to play a part in it. She currently offers intuitive readings, Reiki sessions, Reiki attunements, and is also assisting her partner, Scott, in Cambo ceremonies. Her mission is to surrender to where she is led, to connect with those that are seeking what she is seeking, and that is truth, love, and healing. Welcome, Mickey, to the Shifter Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. There is so much in what um, you have shared with us so far that uh, it it excites me. And I mean, there are really so many things that I would love to discuss with you. Off of the bat, there's something that you mention that I find um, very fascinating, compelling, and has also played a key role in the direction that my life has moved in. And that is the, the 
the surrender that you refer to. So at what point in your life did you feel like in order to um, really find your passion and live your life as it is meant to, to, to be lived, did you finally let go and allow yourself to, to surrender the, to the process? Um, I had a huge, we'll call it a quote unquote catastrophic uh, thing happened to me January 18th, 2013. Yes, I know the date. Um, and to some others, it may not be catastrophic, but to me on my journey, that's what it took. So by this event taking place, it pushed me on my healing journey. And through 2013 and 2014, I did have a battle mentally with my mental health um, where I was just at the point of giving up. And so I went to doctors, I was seeking um, all type of medical help, psychological help, and I was diagnosed. I say I have a rap sheet in Dallas. Um, but I was also taking the holistic approach and finding healers. And so I was, I was just trying to find my path and I finally just broke. And I was like, you know what? I'm deciding to stay here. And if I'm going to stay here, I'm making the commitment to be the best individual I can be for others around me and myself. I want to stand in the light. And gosh, once we set those intentions, the universe comes in and goes, all right, kiddo, here we go. And I was living in Dallas at the time. I was striving in corporate America, doing extremely well. I was married. Um, everything just showed itself. And I was like, I'm not happy. I am not happy. I am living a lie. I'm living a lie to myself. And so that's what really did it. Come 2015, I drug my feet a little bit um, and I've learned my lesson with that. And so it took a couple of years and then 2015 came around and my ex-husband and I finally split and then it pushed my daughter and I out to Arkansas and it just started unraveling from there. And I have people from my past that they looked at me and they coming from a loving place, but they did question, Mickey, are, are you okay? Are you like, have you lost it? Like, wh where is this coming from? Where is this person? And I hate to sound cliche, but I'll say it. I found myself, you know, she's always been there, but I had to just detox and unlayer. And the key thing was to stop lying to myself. So I jumped and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the unraveling of your life. And I see that I've experienced it in my own life. And I see that in many other people's lives. You're right. Once we set the intention that this is the direction that I want to move into, I'm interested in discovering my passion and finding myself. There is a bit of unraveling that happens in that individual's life. There is that moment when it, where it feels like shit is hitting the fan and everything Absolutely. is falling apart. Yes. Um, what would you say to people who are in the midst of that at the moment? Don't give up. Have faith. Have faith. Um, once the mind, because the mind can be so tricky and it can be so strong and it'll come in and try to tell you over and over like, oh, you know, are you crazy or, oh, you're not good enough or, but if you just can quiet the mind in whichever avenue that may be and listen to your core, you have that soft voice in the back of your head that's leading the way always. You can call it yourself, your higher self, God. I see it as all the same, that light energy that's really trying to come through and shine through the dark moments. Mm -hmm. 
So do you believe that everything that you experienced in life prior to that moment where you felt like you had really stepped into the light, into the light and had released the lies that had kept you in bondage for so long, does it serve a purpose? Do you feel like everything was as it was supposed to be? Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, I can look back and that has really helped me with forgiveness and taking myself out of a victim mentality because I've had a few dark night of the souls that shadow work has come up and just those really dark periods where I felt bad for myself. I'm grateful for those times as well. Cause I call it the pit. It's like hitting that pit. And once we get down there, it's like, well, we got to look up and pull ourselves out. So by what you're referring to looking back and just having that peace of mind that everything happened the way it was supposed to happen, it instantly pulls me out of any kind of negative emotions or those sneaky negative thoughts that like to try to come in. So it's an exercise, but just with that mentality of everything happened exactly the way it was supposed to, gosh, that's healing in itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you talk about um, the lies that we tell ourselves. Yeah. Where does that come from? Why Why do we begin lying to ourselves, ourselves to begin with? Well, for me, I feel like it started with childhood. You know, those around me that were judging themselves. And unfortunately, it fell on to me. Uh, they did the best they could. That's all that they knew. So it was just the environment that I was in. And then I was born mid eighties. So TV, you know, celebrities, everybody out there, uh, image was huge. And so that judgment just starts piling up everywhere you go. And so that voice started creating itself in my mind and I grew into it. And as an adult now, you know, I feel like it's our responsibility. Once we have that awareness, it's like, okay, now I need to do something about it. So mm-hmm. And I did. And I just said, I don't want to give that power to others or anything. I'm just going to own this and take responsibility. And I'm going to create my own voice. And what's interesting is through that journey, I've gone back to that inner child and that little Mickey, and it's always been there. And Mm -hmm. that's what's really neat about this. Mm -hmm. I I love that. How you're creating your, your own voice in, in your mind. And I've read in, in several books that we are not our thoughts and it's important that we develop the ability to separate ourselves from the thoughts, to become the observer of all of the thoughts. The reality is the majority of the thoughts that are flashing across the screens of our minds don't even belong to us. They come from other people that we have had experiences with in, in our lives. Agreed. Absolutely. It's like, you know, the human brain, uh, I see us as being avatars and robots and the the brain is a beautiful, beautiful thing, but it's just soaking up all this data. And it's just, we're looking and we're just absorbing all the time. So I'm now at a point to where I am extremely selective on what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, where I'm putting my energy and then who I surround myself by, because Mm -hmm. I don't want that stuff just being thrown into my brain all the time. It's like, nope, no more. I don't Mm -hmm. want that. (laughs) That's right. It's, uh, um, it's kind of like when we 
um, attention is the currency of the universe. Like where, where attention goes, energy flows. And yes. when we're born onto the planet, we are completely unaware of how any of this operates or how it works. We're primarily preoccupied with, with uh, just staying alive and making sure that our, we are remain a part of our tribe, that the people that we grow up with, that our parents love us and accept us because we are 100% dependent on the people around us. And so we don't know how to drive the car that is life. So we allow someone else to drive us around and they direct our attention for us. They tell us, they teach us what's important and, and what we what we pay attention to. But at some point in our development, Oftentimes, it's it's a crisis that occurs for many of us. Then we slowly begin to awaken to this: the fact that we we are actually capable of grabbing the keys to the car, learning how to operate it, and drive ourselves wherever we choose choose to go. But it's it's taking control of our attention that is key. So is that something that? Um, you've had to practice is it um like daily is it well if whenever you were taught whenever you were describing you know that those around us if, if we're just in a state of just being kind of reckless with our energy and our lives then somebody else is going to come in and take the wheel it made my stomach turn and get a like i was like eh, that sounds awful i've been there i know what that's like and so I would say that I am, I have worked at it. Yes. Uh, with confidence, I can say that Mickey is behind the wheel and then the higher self is even more like behind the Mickey, um, mm -hmm. as the observer and really trying to help and assist. So I have taken my control and power back. That is something that I've really been working on, uh, for the past four years, I would say that solar plexus area, that self-esteem, that determination, the inner child, I have really been working on that because I'm like, I don't want anybody else to have control, but I know that it starts within me. Mm -hmm. So what is the importance of the inner child? The inner child is that's our innocence. That's, that's who we are. And my hair is standing up talking about it. It's just, you know, that I, I envision um, you know, being outside and not tracking time or being creative and just, you know, we look around and we're just exploring all the time. We're just in awe about life, you know, before uh, bad things started happening or the dullness or the boring or, you know, whenever we're children, we just came in with the magic in our eyes. And so going back to that inner child as an adult, that's what I envision whenever I do that work. And I've really been working to pull that inner child back out. I don't want to lose her. I don't want to, you know, I, I want to bring her back and embrace her. Whenever I was younger, again, everybody did the best that they could, but I didn't feel understood. I didn't feel in any time, any kind of quote unquote woo woo stuff would come out. It was like, oh no, 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 we don't talk about that. Like people are going to think you're crazy, you know? So my, uh, my inner child, the little Mickey had to be quiet and lost her voice over the time, which essentially lost an aspect of the self. So I love how you um, refer to the inner child as, as the magic. It's the magic in our eyes. It is, it's the magic of life. You also mentioned um, that 
you love human psychology, you love how um, the, the behavior of the mind and how mind and emotions sync up. Um, so sometimes that inner child inside of ourselves that we have lost a connection with or touch with over our lifetime is, 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 protected right so we're trying to protect that inner child because maybe there were experiences uh where where we were traumatized in a sense or that we were hurt or like you said misunderstood and so we begin to build this wall around the inner child making it making it even more difficult to access so a part of the self-discovery your mission is to help people reconnect in essence with their inner child and their 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 purpose their truth in life what process do you use to help them break through some of those defenses the walls that they've built to protect their inner child so everyone is different um i don't really have uh, a book that I reference for every single person that I connect with. I do use cards. I use tarot and oracle cards, and I like for us to partner up on the present energies if they have any blockages. So, you know, if, if they have any type of mental hangups or some emotional blockages, a lot of people collectively right now are really trying to open up that heart space. They don't want to be defensive anymore. They don't want to have that block up. So they're like, what do we do? And it's like, well, we got to get to that root. We got to find out when it started. And um, then that leads us down the rabbit trail. So some people come to me, you know, one session and then like, okay, I got what I needed. And then they're off to the next. And then, you know, on their healing path, because I believe with healing paths, it's a variety for me, I had a cocktail of healers that showed up and it was fantastic. Um, and then I have others who are regulars that I've been connected with for two, three years that I talk to weekly, sometimes uh, three times a week. And we're really diving deep just to try to figure out, okay, what else is next? What else needs to come up? Um, and then come up with a plan for them and some exercises, affirmations, manifesting is huge and just getting them to find their worth. Not allowing anything or anyone else to take that away from them. Mickey, can you share with us a point in life where you were able to turn a mess into a message? I have many. Um, I would definitely reference the divorce. Um, and that was really difficult for me. It was, you know, having a child in the marriage and feeling as though I was a failure. And I mean, it talk about a mess. And the message was catastrophes do not mean that you're failing. It's just growth. You're growing mm -hmm. and don't stay there longer than you need to let the tower come down. Mm -hmm. Don't be attached. So that, that the divorce also, that was one of the significant breakthroughs that you felt you experienced in your life. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, uh, my ex-husband is definitely a huge catalyst of mine. I love him. I appreciate him. We are not good partners in that sense, but we definitely came together. Uh, we needed to, and he was the one that really pushed me to jump into this journey. So, but that was, I mean, that is definitely that catastrophic catalyst that made me wake up. So you um, have kind of mentioned not to allow your your failures to define you um, when, it, or to set us back, don't identify with them. 
Right. A lot of us women really struggle with this notion of perfection, feeling as if there's an ideal that we need to live up to or expectations that we're constantly having to meet and juggle. What would you say to women um, about perfection and how we can begin the process of reconceptualizing or redefining exactly what that means? So on my journey, I've had the awareness that perfection is not the goal. That is not uh, mistakes and experiences are the goal of life. And that's my truth. So that's what I share with others. Trying to be a perfectionist has led me to failure over and over and over. And the failure that I'm referencing is not the failure where it's like, oh, I'm going to learn from this. And I get it. It's me consistently putting myself into just a bracket that there's no way any of us could ever be perfect. That's not the goal. That's not the plan. That's not what life is about. So, and I agree with you as women who it's rough. There's so much pressure, right? Like all these expectations. And, but then again, it goes back to, we can't allow others to take that away from us, but then it starts within us. And it's like, well, everybody else is expecting us to meet, you know, all these high bars I I don't agree with that because I'm not setting the bar that high for myself. I don't want to continue running after something and exhausting myself. And then just, it's just this constant failure over and over and over again. So, Mm -hmm. and that's a great example. I think of this, the voice, the voices in our, in our head and, and how you went through the process of, of changing that voice that you were listening to the the people and the circumstances that played a key role in our life that really established this this notion or fantasy about perfection they live rent free in our mental space and it it and you're right it builds that constant pressure of perfection that we find ourselves in and under in in our existence so so getting a hold of that recognizing that that voice, that person in your head that keeps um, putting that type, those expectations on you, disempowering it, and then, and then creating a new voice. And, you know, I, I truly believe that perfection is unrelatable. If we really stop and think about it, when we love having conversations with other women, with, with people that are, are real. And I love, I love learning about the struggles that another person has been through, because I love knowing that I'm not the only one that has experienced those difficult moments. It's very validating to me when you meet somebody that is perfect, then it just, it's really unrelatable. Nobody can relate to perfect. So if I'm trying to hold myself to some standard of perfection, then I'm, I'm really disconnecting myself from, from being able to establish a relationship with other people. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And transparency has also been a big one I've seen collectively and being raw and just like throwing ourselves out there and being like, this is what I got. What's your book say? Like, what do you have? And that goes with what you're saying with connecting with others. And that's like that true human connection. So you have never thought of it that way. That's really neat. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. And it goes in, you know, it, it goes into that whole, this whole notion of truth, like yes. stop lying to ourselves, yes. discover what our truth is 
Right. And, and then existing in a transparent space, there's no greater freedom, I think, um, and peace that we can find in life than, than um, existing in that space. Agreed. And that self-love that comes with that. Oh yeah. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So if you could reach back in time Mm -hmm. and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, continue art, like really focus on the creative that's within you. I have been an art kid since I can remember. Um, I didn't start coming out and being a quote unquote extrovert until middle school, high school. So whenever I was much younger, I was that kid sitting in the corner, you know, doodling or just creating or, and I was super quiet and I was just observing everybody. And then I was also the one that was trying to pick up the underdog or, you know, like if somebody was getting bullied, I'd cry and just be really upset. But art is such a huge outlet to process emotions and I stopped because it wasn't valued in my environment. It wasn't looked at as something essential uh, to existing. And so (laughs) I picked that back up as an adult and I'm so glad I did. Art is such a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. I love that you just said that art helps you process your emotions. And, And it sounds like the point at which you stopped with Um, pursuing art was the beginning of the lies that you began to tell yourself that led you to where you are today. I am, um, I I love emotions. I love learning about them, understanding them, healing them within myself and helping other people heal, heal them within themselves in the same way that you were taught when you were younger, that, that art is really a waste of time. There's no place for it. We live in a completely different world and reality where, you know, we need to be focusing our attention and energy on something else. In essence, it's like the world telling us emotions are not that important. Oh, I've emotions. never thought about that. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, it doesn't matter how you feel. This is what you're supposed to do. And we were raised in a culture that that really um, pushed that to the forefront. And it has created so many of the lies, I think, that we struggle with within ourselves. It's created so much of the disconnection that we struggle within ourselves and with other people. Emotions are important. Emotions are, it's, it's information, it's data, as you say. It's not, uh, it's not personal, there's no judgment in it. It really is like our sixth sense being, being open and in tune with our feelings and emotions. It's another layer or level of multi-dimensional data that we have the ability to access when we learn how to utilize it. Absolutely. So as you re-invited art into your life, then you were opening yourself up to so much more. You were reconnecting with your intuition, your feelings, and, and how important or key are your emotions and feelings to who you are today and what you're doing? I mean, with me really tuning into energy and really jumping into that sixth sense and the feelings with the intuition and then being empathic. So connecting with the person that I'm really trying to just connect and assist, they're vital. I mean, my emotions are a superpower. Now I was super, super sensitive as a kid. I'm still super sensitive, but I was told 
stop crying. You're crying too much. Like you're too. And so over time I was like, okay, bulk up. And then I'm really trying to find still that balance within of, you know, not walking around crying all the time and trying to just be more responsible with my emotions, but seeing them so important on this journey with what I'm trying to do, my mission work, and then for myself. Mm-hmm. And with you saying it's a sixth sense, I totally completely agree. I tell people that's our superpower. You know, I believe that there are animals that have emotions. Some people do not. And so I say as human beings, it we are living proof that we have emotions. And if we are the only beings that do, again, I don't believe that, but some do scientifically, then that should be embraced. There's a reason we have them, you know, Mm -hmm. let's use them, let's utilize them and stop looking down upon them. And I think it comes from a place of fear because a lot of people don't understand them. Right. We fear what we do not understand. And bottom line, our, the purpose of our brain, the purpose of the nervous system is survival, is to keep us alive. And the unknown is a threat to our survival, the potential threat. So we, we crave the routine. We crave just, just the known, thinking right. the same thoughts, doing the same thing every single day. This is why growth feels so uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And we really have to push ourselves outside of our comfort zones. Um, like in your life experience, I'm sure it was very uncomfortable to make the decision for the divorce, but that decision, even though you were moving into the great unknown and probably every cell in your body was screaming at you to reconsider this decision, intuitively, you knew that this is what needed to happen in order for you to find yourself again. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Would you change anything if no. you could reach back in time? No. Um, I try really hard to not live with regrets, um, but I do self-reflect. And if I did act in a way that I'm not uh, super happy about, meaning moving forward, I have the ability to sit back and go, okay, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Like you did that. You needed to, that was your response, but moving forward, we, we need to change that. Not with shame, but with love. Uh, but overall, no, it happened exactly how it was supposed to happen. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. Well, what strategies, what tools or tips would you share with Um, other women that they can use that have significantly helped you that they might find some value in using? Find your other ladies. Um, And I don't want to limit us. I mean, because there are awesome, awesome men out there that I've connected with and my soul tribe and community. But if you're going through a really difficult time, you know, I reference back to 2013, 2014, and I had some really powerful, strong women around me. And I am so grateful for that. Um, and I feel like we are connected with those. If they're at a place of really um, being strong and striving, then they're showing us what's within us. And they're showing us the way, if you will, but it's already within. So Find your ladies, uh, having that, that really strong, um, just group, you know, it's, it's so important. Right. When, uh, um, the Dalai Lama, I think, um, has said that 
in a sense, it's the Western woman that is going to be the savior of the world. And it's more than just uh, physically being female. There's an, a feminine energy that has been suppressed, which involves the emotion that you were referring to earlier and how, you know, we've kind of culturally been taught that emotions go on the back burner, feelings don't matter. It's, it's the linear, the logical, the, 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 the force, the doing, the masculine energy. We're reestablishing balance. And yes. as we come together as women, I think that we're giving one another permission to, um, to shine. We're giving one another permission to lay down the lies through the validation of us connecting with one another, sharing our stories, our, our celebrating our wins and, and supporting one another through our struggles. Then we're really giving rise to that feminine energy that's going to reestablish balance on this planet. Yes, I am all about that. Everything you said with that mm-hmm. divine feminine energy coming in, taking over, really trying to create the balance. And then it's time, it's time. And I do see some out there that they're having a hard time. They're struggling with it. So those of us who are standing in that light and in that power and in that truth, we're leading the way. Right, right. Okay, Mickey, it has been so much fun talking with yes. you today. And that- at the um, end of each interview, we like to ask three questions. The first question is, um, what is your favorite book of all time? What book have you read at any point in your lifetime that has left a lasting impression on you? Talk about the timing of this. So I just completed Louise Hayes' You Can Heal Your Life two weeks ago. And out of all the books that I've read, and I thought about it, I was like, is that the book? I just read it. And then it came through. Yeah, Mickey, that's the book. That's the one. It has changed my life so significantly. Yes. Just in two weeks. I mean, I had that aha boom in my face moment and now I'm sharing it with others. So Mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's a great Mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. So, so what is it, um, in that book? Just, uh, that do you mind sharing with us what one of those aha moments was from having read that book? Um, so I have been setting intentions for the past, I would say few months, um, that I really want to release the past. I want to move from the past. I no longer want the past to come in and trick me and have those, the, the talk of, you know, Oh, this is like your past. Oh, you better run uh, abort, abort. And so I've just been setting intentions and I finally had a breaking moment a couple of weeks back. Cause I'm like, God, why does this, it just keeps coming up over and over. And this book was actually gifted to me October of last year. And it's been sitting next to the bed the whole time on the nightstand. And then I prayed and I asked, and I was like, just show me like, I'm, I'm open, you know, just to show me what I need to do or where I need to go or what I need to see. And that was at night. I woke up Sunday morning and I heard look next to the bed. And I looked and this book was just glowing. And I was like, oh, there it is. I read it in one day. So detachment from the past, from others, forgiveness, stepping into your power, affirmations, manifesting, rewiring the brain. She hits all of it in a really awesome, soft, uh, female empowering way. So Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. I'll have to check that book out now. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's great. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like... um, finding a book that, that has that, that type of impact that 
completely creates this paradigm shift yes. um, in, in our lives. Okay, so the second question, I'm going to ask you first, what is the worst piece of advice that you've ever been given? Uh, stick to what you're good at. Okay. I don't, you know, I feel like that's really limiting. Um, I feel like we're not here to just wear one hat. We're here to experience. And I do believe that each and every one of us is unlimited. And just because we spend a certain amount of time studying a certain subject or, you know, uh, feel as though, oh, okay, this is what we're good at. This makes me feel comfortable. That, that's stagnation to me. So that's the safety net. And I don't, I don't want the safety net. That is um, great advice not to limit ourselves. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Art is not to be judged. And so whenever I first started diving into art again, I was really criticizing myself and I had someone come into the shop actually, and they looked at me and they said, art is not to be judged. So mm. stop. Mm. <laughs> I was like, okay. They're mm. like, it's not. And I think that goes underneath that perfection um, umbrella is I was in the worthiness and everything else, but art is not, I mean, art is every piece of art is a different creation and it's coming from the soul and the universe and you know, I don't feel it's there to be critiqued, but that's my humble opinion. I agree 100%. Art is an expression yes. of, of one's feelings. When I was a teenager, I would have um, feelings that have emotions and I didn't quite understand them. So I would paint pictures with words about what it felt like those feelings were, and it would come out as poetry. And it, it was very cathartic um, for me. It, it helps one emotionally process, and it also actually helps you transmute. A lot of times when I was feeling uh, something on the negative end of the spe spectrum, confused or rejected or um, like not not perfect, not good enough. I'd have these these feelings swimming around inside of me. And so I began to paint a picture with the words of what those feelings felt like. And in the process, it it transmuted that energy into something in the end that felt beautiful because yes. now I had this, this poem that felt like it captured that moment in time so beautifully. It, and it's almost like giving birth to a child. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. And you know, the, the sacral, um, that's where we process the emotions and that is actually the sexual organs. That's the area of the body. And that's creation. That's like, so with you saying that, and I'm like, yeah, it goes underneath. It's in the same box. You know, it's mm -hmm. all coming from that, making something out of nothing, which I look up and I'm like, well, that's the creator. That's source that's coming through us. And it needs to be shared. Mm -hmm. I have thanked so many artists around me. And if it hits, I'll just post something on social media, thanking them and saying, keep sharing because during my rough times, lyrics really spoke to me. Books spoke to me. People that were in a state of just throwing themselves out there and being courageous as artists and sharing their hearts with others, it saved my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a part of my journey. And so I try to be that voice of encouragement and telling people like, please, please keep mm -hmm. on. 
That's a very inspiring and wonderful piece of advice, I believe, because it does a lot of times feel like you're throwing something out into a big black hole and nobody sees it or nobody understands it. It's leaving absolutely zero impact or impression on the planet. And a lot of times what I'm discovering is that it does hit the right person at the right time. And we don't, that doesn't always get communicated back to the creator of that, that piece, whether it's words, music, or um, a piece of art, or even a photograph, but you're right. Just keep putting it out there because we have no idea the impact it's having on somebody else and um, the reach even that it has. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So um, circling back around to kind of where we began before we wrap up, when you mentioned how you surrendered to the process, uh, I would say that myself as an individual, because I've always been like a high achievement person, um, we're taught what the ideal is of perfection and just very, very driven, um, very analytical and linear in some ways. But there was always also that part of me always that was very intuitive and empathic and and creative. And um, so I everything that I did that I had a passion for, I tried to do very, very well um, and and made it left brain in a lot of instances. But when I began coaching, it was actually at my path. If you had told me when I was younger that I would become a life coach as an adult, I wouldn't have believed you. I'd think that you were crazy. And um, because I was moving down an entirely different path, a friend of mine suggested coaching at a certain point in my journey. And because it wasn't anything that I had really planned for, I thought, what the heck? I'm just going to throw this at the wall and see what sticks. If it doesn't work, it's no big deal because it wasn't something that I had ever imagined I'd be doing anyway. And so because of that, I was able to surrender very early on to the process. I wasn't trying to control every aspect of the coaching. I just allowed it to unfold the way that it wanted to unfold. And, and that's really the first time in my life that I, that I truly engaged that process. And it has become such a beautiful journey that is continuing to unfold. So there's something to be said about this, this process of surrendering, releasing the control, allowing whatever wants to flow in to flow in. And so you're saying very similarly, the same thing has happened with with your, um, the, the teaching, the tarot and the, and the, yes. um, the and God bless the messengers around us. Like your girlfriend, right? Uh, whenever I was on my adventure of healing and the different, you know, approaches that would come to me or other people around me as one of my really good girlfriends at the time. And their holistic psychic fairs taking place. And she's like, you gotta come, come on. There's so much fun. And I was like, ah, what the hell. Right. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And I went and there were multiple readers that they were doing readings on me and they looked at me and they said, you're one of us. And I was like, what? No, like, no, no, no. Cause I would, I put them up on this pedestal. I put them up on this. How do you do this? How are you connecting? And I just didn't believe it. And so, but they were the messengers and as well, 
now I'm doing what I did because I surrendered. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that they planted those seeds. Even at the time, it didn't really sink in, but they definitely bloomed within me. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that that's a great example of how our destiny is searching for us. Yes, I love that. We don't. Our job is to prepare ourselves to receive it, right? It's yes. not to, to figure out how to make it happen or what to do. But if we, as you mentioned, we, we just, we lay down the lies and we embrace our truths mm-hmm. and prepare ourselves to receive um, what is looking for us, then life unfolds beautifully. Yes. It has been such a pleasure talking with you today, Mickey. Thank you so much for yes, likewise. Um, coming on. Is there anything you would like to leave um, the, the listeners with? Keep shining. Live your truth. Don't give up. Thank you, Mickey. Mickey can be found on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's it's Mickey Rose on Facebook. And yep. um, she is currently building a website. So yeah. um, that can be found soon. Is there anywhere else anyone can, can reach you? How can they contact you, Mickey? Facebook is great. Um, for whatever reason, I've had multiple different avenues that I've tried and everybody just keeps going to Facebook and I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, universe, I hear you. So it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do refer anybody over to me and hand out my number, I don't mind, but I do ask that if it's a text they're like, Hey, so-and-so referred me. Cause I don't want to miss it. Um, but if somebody has my number, I don't mind them giving out my personal number either. I'm totally fine with that. Thank you, Mickey. So much. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the shift her podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at ShiftHer, Instagram at ShiftHer.co, and read more about us at www.ShiftHer.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our Mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.